What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Immac Sports. Instagram at Immac Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 100. That's right. Triple digits. We made it. Yep. We've reached the pinnacle of podcasts. Oh, yeah. You know, we're... We're thinking about doing a full uh, NFL season preview for the big 100, but it's just not ready yet. You know, yeah, we already had a bunch of early. injuries today. We're going to get way more that are going to impact everything. So we're thinking maybe 104, the two year. That would be ideal. I believe that day is September 6th. And the first game of the NFL season is on the 8th. That is between the Rams and the Bills. So I think that would be fitting. Get us in the mood for football. Absolutely. Both doing that in a month. So, so yeah, usual baseball, but uh, some special stuff at the end here. Mm, some fun stuff. We'll get to that, though, once we get there. Yeah. Let's get into the openers together. What was the favorite thing that you saw from this past week? All right. I'm going to go with the annual green and white Jets scrimmage. Zach Wilson looked great. 12 for 19 and a touchdown, 24 rushing yards. Chemistry with all the tight ends. Especially, you know, with receivers too, but especially the tight end group of uh, Uzama, Conklin, and Ruckert should be special. The defense looks absolutely amazing right now, uh, looking like they could jump up from. And by the way, I I just transitioned into the Jet Report too, uh, so we'll knock that That's out fine. of the way. Uh, I think the defense could possibly jump from last place up twelve to fourteen spots this year. Um, but bad news: Makai Becton likely out indefinitely with a patella kneecap. Um, which is not good. It sucks. It's uh, sounding like he won't be playing for us ever again, which is always tough with a guy who, especially a guy who, when he's playing, is so good, plays at Pro Bowl level. And uh, this is one of those times, you know, we get a guy every couple of years who is, he's just a bust because he can't stay on the field. It's looking like it's this guy. Um, I'll jump into, uh, you know, I'll say six wins this year. Uh, I think the defense will improve a lot, but uh, it's the youngest team in football. You know, I wouldn't expect too much yet. Yeah, it's not your guys' year, and I think yeah. you know that, obviously, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of people around football know that, but expect improvement is the biggest thing uh, for the Jets this year. It's, favorite thing I saw from this past week is Cliff Branch, legendary Raider receiver, getting inducted into the Hall of Fame in Canton. Four-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, three-time Super Bowl champ, spent the whole of his career with the Raiders. So it was really good to see him finally make it. Unfortunately, it was after he passed away uh, three years ago. Mm-hmm. But still, it's cool to see guys get in that deserve to be there. Let's get to the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week. And yeah. it's Jacob DeGrom. Five and two thirds. They give up two runs, but 12 strikeouts. The dominant performance against the Braves on Sunday. It's so good to see DeGrom back. And it's just nobody's like him in the league, man. There's like this upper echelon tier of pitchers. And then there's Jacob DeGrom. Uh, He's not even in the same area code as all these other pitchers in the league. So it's good to see him back. Looks like he hasn't uh, skipped a beat either. You know, it looks yeah. like him same himself, except he actually had some run support when he gave up the two run homer. So, yeah, he's yeah. going to get wins this year. That's the difference. Let's go ahead and do our favorite number 100. How about that? Oh, together? Yeah. Yeah. I've been waiting for this one, Kyle. Uh, 
You're going to like this one a lot. Okay. Adolfo Bautista. Striker. What the heck is that? For the Deportivo Guadalajara soccer team. Based on what I could find, he's the only professional athlete that I could find to wear number 100. He wore it from 2004 to 2007 for the uh, Deportivo Guadalajara Mexican League team. That's a soccer team? Mm Mm-hmm. Adolfo Bautista. Crazy. That's a name I did not expect to hear. Mm-hmm. I went with, with a double zero strategy because there's that part of it as well. Yeah. So I went with Jonathan Kaminga, uh, Warriors first pick a couple years ago or a year ago now at this point. NBA champ now at this point too. Looked good in the summer league and hopefully we get that continuous improvement from him because we know the potential that he's got. Team reports now. Skyler kind of already did the Jets, yeah. so I'll skip him for now. And I'll go to the Hall of Fame game because the Raiders actually played a game this past week and are the only team in the NFL with a win in the preseason so far. We won 27-11 against the Jags. I wasn't watching most of that game because it is the Hall of Fame game, but I did have my eyes tuned to it every now and then because it's football. Jared Stidham, Nick Mullins, and Chase Garbers played at quarterback. They all did about how you expect for backup quarterbacks. One big thing on the offense, I think, was probably Zamir White, where he had 11 carries for 52 yards, as well as two receptions or three receptions for 23 yards. Rookie running back out of Georgia expects to probably be a big part of this offense, and so I was happy to see him do well. Also, leading receiver Tyron Johnson, who has been doing really good in camp, uh, had two catches for 39 yards and had a good day there. Defense goes nothing really to stand out there. But we'll talk about some injuries because that does happen. And there's been three of them, three big ones for the Raiders in this past week or so with Micah Kaiser, who was a free agent linebacker that the Raiders signed earlier in the offseason. He's going to be out for the year. Kyler Fackrell, uh, outside linebacker that the Raiders signed earlier in the offseason. He's out for the year. And then starting right tackle, Brandon Parker, he's also out for the year uh, with torn biceps and or bicep. I don't think he tore both of them. So... There's that part of it, but he's out for the year as well. So three big injuries. Hopefully stays around there. It's not these main, main guys on the team, but it's got to hope for health at this point in the season. Let's go ahead and get to the spotlight now. Skylar, tell yeah. me about Mohamed Usman. Yeah, a little bit of UFC here for the spotlight. Not a great card this weekend, but the brother of Kamara Usman, Mohamed, had a second-round knockout against Zach Puga, who was undefeated. Now Muhammad Usman's number, not number, sorry, 9-2 and two record, and uh, looking to move up the heavyweight ranks. Pretty big weekend for, for heavyweight qualifications here, uh, if you're looking for something to root for in the UFC. So uh, good for Muhammad. Yeah, good for him. I'm going to talk about Ken Waldachuk and Gunnar Hogland, the two top pitchers in the Oakland Athletics organization, as far as minor leaguers go. Waldachuk was the main headliner prospect in the montage trade, and Gunnar Hogan was the main prospect that we got in the Matthew Chapman cha- trade. Uh, Chappie, or I mean, not Chappie, Hoglin just made his first start back after, I think he got Tommy John last year, so yes. it's good to see him finally pitching. But Waldachuk won three and one-thirds in his Las Vegas Aviators debut, gave up five hits, three earned runs, one home run, no walks, three strikeouts, Las Vegas is a tough spot to play. 
So I'm not going to overreact to this, but I'm also not going to say, oh, he pitched amazing. He pitched okay. I think that's what you got to take away from it, and we'll see how he does later on. Gunnar Hogland, though, did pretty good in his first start. He went three innings, three hits, one run, unearned, one walk, one strikeout. In Stockton, so it is probably against competition that he's better than. But it's good to see a guy like that finally get on the mound because the A's need some pitching in their system to become pretty prominent because that's the biggest spot where the A's are This is a first-round pick from last year. This is a big deal. Yeah. But it's good to see him playing. That's Mm -hmm. for sure. JT Jin's another one of those guys who was the big prospect in the Chris Bassett trade. He just started coming back a little while back, and Ryan Cusick, who is in the Matt Olson trade, should be coming around the corner here soon as well. Let's go ahead and get to where's your head at, though, with our player, pitcher, and rookie of the week. Let's start it off with rookie of the week in the MLB, Skyler. Yeah, I'm going to go with MJ Melendez, catcher from the Royals, 6 for 18, 333, three homers, 10 ribbies, the highest OPS in all of baseball for the week. Uh, so awesome week for Melendez. I decided to not go with Melendez. I went with Edward Cabrera, who went five innings, no hits, no runs, no walks, nine strikeouts. We know how deadly he was in MLB the show last year, and he's turning that around and doing it in real life now in 2022. So that's good to see. Pitcher of the week, Skeller, who is it? I'm going to go with Chris Bassett. Two quality starts, no earned runs, 12 Ks, a win against Cincinnati, a win at Washington. He's looking really sharp for the Mets. Yeah. I also like Chris Bassett. I'm not going to say the stats again, yeah. Skeller already did. Let's go to player of the week now. Skeller, who is it? My player of the week is Jesse Winker. Only three for 10, but two homers, a 545 on base percentage because he walked eight times. Amazing for Jesse Winker in Seattle. I also had a game-winning homer. I didn't mention that earlier, I don't think. I went with a pitcher for my player of the week. Even though it wasn't Chris Bassett, I feel like I had to give some recognition to Sandy Alcantara and how good he's been so far this year. Uh, He had a complete game shutout. He's the only person in the MLB to have two this year. Only three strikeouts in it, which is kind of weird because it's a guy who's throwing 101, 100 miles an hour. He throws hard stuff, and he just doesn't get a lot of strikeouts. But that also helps him go deeper into games, and it helped him get through this one. It gives the Marlins a victory, who are not a good team. So you kind of have to shut out a a team in order to get a win for that squad. (laughs) Let's go ahead and talk about the Yankees now, who aren't exactly in a bad spot, but they're struggling as far as Yankee standards go. They are four and six in the last 10. I believe they're just over 500 in their last 45 games from their 49 and 16 start. They cooled down quite a bit and they no longer have the best record in all of baseball. Right now they are sitting in the third best record tied with the Mets. And then the Dodgers are five games ahead of everybody, but have the Yankees lost their mojo, especially with Matt Carpenter just breaking his foot last night. Yeah, the magic's gone, but it's not completely lost. You know, this is, why I didn't have them break in the 2001 Seattle record is because this thing was bound to happen with the Yankees. But coming up next series is against Seattle, Boston, Tampa Bay, Toronto. It's the next big test. I think they should still win the division easily, uh, but the magic is gone. Yeah, I definitely think it's a different sense of baseball for the Yankees. But when you look at baseball in general in the 162 game season, you know, that there's going to be ebbs and flows. That's just how baseball works. You're not always going to be playing at this great pace all the time. You're going to have some spots where people get hurt. People are in slumps and they're just not playing as well. Unless you're 
Aaron Judge and you just hit homers all throughout the entire season. But regardless, this Yankee team is not the exact same team as it was in May. And now Matt Carpenter is probably out for the season. So they have lost their mojo. I don't think they're playing as good. If we were going into the postseason right this day, I'd take the Dodgers, the Mets, Houston, and maybe even Atlanta over them to win the World Series. But we're not there yet. Not there yet. They can obviously still pick it up. And it doesn't matter what you're doing in August. It just matters if you get hot when you're going into October. And that's undetermined at this point. So they've lost the mojo for now, but it's not gone forever. I can tell you that. Let's talk about the other team in New York. We're talking about the Mets and how they have been playing recently. They won four out of five in a five-game series against the Braves over the weekend in Queens. It now brings their division lead up to seven games right now. They sit at 71 and 39, and the Braves are at 64 and 46. This division race was kind of interesting to us a couple weeks ago, honestly. And now it seems pretty wide or not wide open, but pretty closed. Uh, Mm. Did this series kind of convince you or lock up the NL East for those Mets? Mets may be up seven games, but they still play Atlanta seven more times this year, including three times in October, but it is looking really good for the Mets. This, this was an awesome series for them. The lineup's on fire. Bassett and Scherzer looking like themselves again. DeGrom is back. That's huge. So yeah, that's going to be tough for Atlanta, but I'm sure they'll be fine with with the top wild card uh, when it it comes down to it. You know. Yeah, that's also something that I like about the new MLB playoffs format. Even though this is a bit of a tangent, that four spot is practically a division winner because you're getting to play at home that first series, and so you kind of get treated that same way as that three or two spot would in the in the playoffs, or not two, but the three spot would because mm-hmm. the one and two do have those buys. But I think this did cement uh, NLE's title for the Mets. I think it kind of showed the Braves that the Braves aren't on that level right now as the Mets are. If you have Scherzer, you have DeGrom, and you have Bassett going, it's going to be really tough to win any three of those games against that team. And that's the first two, two, three guys that you're going to face in a playoff series. So I think it kind of killed the Braves' confidence. I wouldn't say it killed it completely because they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be top seed. As far as the wild card goes, probably. But the Mets just showed over the weekend that they're the better team right now. And so I think that we'll take that into the postseason. Let's go ahead and send it to halftime. Skyler, tell me, what the fuck is Aaron Rodgers doing? So the two-time, sorry, three-time now, but back-to-back MVP winner Aaron Rodgers had a little something extra in his back pocket for these uh, this past season. He has been taking... Ayahuasca. Let me uh, read uh, read the definition for you. Ayahuasca is a South American psychoactive brew used both socially and as ceremonial spiritual medicine among the indigenous people of the Amazon basin. It is growing in usage in Western society. There are multiple churches for it even. Um, dangers include hallucinations, tremors, uh, increased blood pressure, um, and life-threatening side effects and death have been linked with it too. So that's a bit scary um, for Aaron Rodgers. But hey, if it's uh, helping you win the MVP and it's not on the banned substance list, I guess I can't complain. Yeah, I'm trying to look it up right now because I haven't actually done too much research into this. Yeah. But it just looks like 
some leaves or maybe like bark. Can't really, I can't get a full understanding of what this stuff is. It looks, you should just pick looks some like, up on Amazon. Oh yeah, of course. That'd be <laughs> great. It's from the yeah. Amazon, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It looks like it's just like some some tree bark. That's pretty crazy. And then there's like some salad dressing things there. I don't know. I don't think it's salad dressing. I'll tell you that. But Aaron Rodgers, he's a man of mystery. He didn't need us to tell you that to know that. But uh, yeah, good for him, I guess. You know, good job, Aaron. Mm-hmm. What about All Kareem? Right. Yeah, Kareem Hunt, Browns running back. Maybe the biggest news that is actually about football uh, and not injury-wise right now. Kareem Hunt requested a trade from Cleveland. He wants to be that guy again. But Cleveland is not willing to trade him right now. Um, I can understand both sides. If you want to be the guy, you want to get paid by the guy, you're not going to do it in Cleveland. But if you're Cleveland, you have this guy under contract. He's not expensive. Why would you risk giving him up? Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, If Cleveland says they're not going to trade him, um, I don't know. Kareem Hunt could hold out, I guess. But if he doesn't hold out, then I don't see anything else happening. Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere. I'll I'll just say that. All right. A little bit of an injury report. Uh it sucks, man. We're we're not even into the first preseason week officially. Uh just past the Hall of Fame game. We already had some huge injuries. Talked about Makai Becton. Nothing's official yet, but it's the kneecap and it doesn't look good. So move on to the next couple guys. Today, Browns receiver and kick returner Jakeem Grant tore the Achilles. Uh it's tough. We had our Achilles expert DJ talk about it. He saw a video. He said, oh, yeah, for sure, man. That That's <laughs> snapped. Uh, so, sorry, Browns fans. That's 0 for 2 so Bears. far on the podcast. Bears, Bears sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, no, he's on the Browns now. Jakeem Grant's on the Browns? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When did that happen? I don't know. But uh, ah. Browns coach Kevin Stefanski reported it was an Achilles injury. Mm. Oh. I thought uh, James, he was on the Bears. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, all right, we'll just run through it, I guess. Jameis Winston hurt his foot, but uh, they say he's he's going to be chilling for the po- preseason, not the postseason. Sheesh. Can't speak right now. Jason Kelsey, legendary Eagles center, elbow surgery, but they say it's routine. This is a thing that he was expecting to do, and he should be ready for week one. No. Um, Iron Man, Jason Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, Giants running back. Saquon Barkley, they said, uh, is like so many athletes a year removed from the ACL injury, and he's trying to get his focus back and his confidence. So I, that doesn't really help me, but thanks. Um, the Ravens activated J.K. Dobbins, running back who tore his ACL last season. And also Gus Edwards, Kyle's guy that he drafted in every year, is still doubtful for week one, which sucks. I'm not drafting him this year. I'll say that. That's a good idea. Bears Maybe throw him on an IR stash. Sorry. Could do that. IR stash is interesting. You know, uh, Baltimore loves those running backs. Um, Nikhil Harry, the Bears' new receiver, high ankle sprain, and they say it, it's not looking good for him. So that's tough. And the Cardinals aren't going to rush back Kyler as he recovers from COVID-19. <laughs> it's like, what did he get with? What? Oh, I forgot that he had that, and I was like, "Oh, I was confused." Yeah, but. man. I mean, and this is just this is just a start of it. We haven't played any any preseason games, and it's already a big list. Uh, very upsetting, and it's only going to get get deeper. 
that's how football is, man. That's the only drawback of football season is just watching people get hurt constantly. Let's talk about something brighter, though. Or maybe yeah. something dark if you're a hitter. Uh, facing Edwin Diaz and his walkout song this year, which is, I believe it's called Narco, Song with Trumpets. Just look it up. You know what it is. It, every, it's all over the internet right now. Uh, so it made me think about how does Edwin Diaz's walk-up song stack amongst those all-time walk-up mm. songs? You know, that Grant Belfort, Sean Doolittle, Mariano Rivera. Where does that rank, Skyler? I think this is really awesome. It's cool. You know, obviously the guys at uh, City Field love it. Mm. But Mariano's Enter Sandman, Hoffman Sells Bells, Randy Johnson, Welcome to the Jungle are so much more memorable to me, at least. Even though I didn't even watch these guys through the primes of their career, mm. I still watched the end and uh, it's still iconic to me for those last couple of years. So uh, maybe it's it's just some bias, but uh, at least not yet. I'm I'm not ranking it in the top five, you know. Yeah, I really like it. I definitely do. I think that walk-up song, every good closer needs a good walk-up song. That's that's how it has to be. Uh, and you look at those top two closers of all time, Hoffman and uh, Mariano Rivera, obviously, that those guys have two of the most iconic walk-in songs. Nothing's ever going to compare to Mo. I think Hunter Sandman is the best, the GOAT walk-up song ever. But if Edwin Diaz continues this career path that he's on, sure, because he's only 28 and yeah. he's got 199 saves right now, you never know what we'll be in 10 years. So we'll see. And if he's still playing that in New York and he's still dominant, he's got a chance to compete. I'll say that. I'm always down for the legacy points. Yeah. Like One last thing before we get to the second half. The Field of Dreams game is on Thursday this week. Unfortunately, it is between two of the worst teams in the league, the Cubs and the Reds. But last year produced probably the best game in all of the regular season. I don't know if it's going to do that, but it's a very cool setting. Baseball comes to Iowa. That doesn't happen often. That's Thursday. It's going to be Drew Drew Smiley versus Nick Lodolo. So one of the Reds' top prospects, Nick Lodolo, gets the the center stage uh, in America with pretty much no other sports going on on that day because it is the last game that's being scheduled in the MLB day. And so turn your TV on to Fox for that. They um, are right now. What I'm watching Kyle is uh, mm-hmm. the quad city river bandits are playing, oh, they're the playing a single Eternals. A game, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. At the field. Of I, yeah. That's pretty cool. What is that on? Is that on MLB network? Yeah. Yeah. Harold yeah, Reynolds, uh, Frank Thomas are calling it right now. Interesting. Nice yeah. duo. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and get to the second <laughs> <Sorry>. half, Skyler. <laughs> We're talking about the M's and the O's, two teams that are trying to break. I wouldn't say the Orioles are historically bad streak right now. Or maybe because they've lost a ton in the last five, six years. But Mariners, everybody knows about their historic streak where they haven't made the playoffs in over 20 years. They're trying to make it right now. They have the wild card spot, that last one. The O's are just the game out. But this isn't about facts. It's just about opinion. Who do you want to make the or who would you rather see make the postseason? The M's or the O's? Yeah, my uh, greedy self would definitely rather see the Orioles. It's a more interesting story for sure. But I, I'll step back and, and say this is a way bigger year for Seattle. They went all in for Castillo. 
there's definitely more on the line and I could see myself um, maybe giving up some of that A's bias to see a cool story. Maybe they actually win a playoff series. So I'll, I'll switch it over to Seattle. It's Baltimore. Fuck Seattle. That's all I got to say. I mean, they're a divisional team. And going to Seattle last year and watching those A's lose a couple games against Seattle, I can see that they're fans. I do not like them. I don't. I like the team. I like J-Rod. But the fans just are cocky for no reason because their team hasn't done shit in its entire franchise history. Because they won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Ten years ago. In 2013. Yeah. But I like the Orioles, man. I like their roster. They're fun to watch. And Adley's, Adley's one of the best catchers in the game already. So he I'm is. going with the O's. Did you see his frame rate percentage, pal? Amazing. I know. He's freaking amazing. All right, let's talk about Justin Verlander and how good he's been this year. And if he has a chance or is going to win the AL Cy Young this year, he currently leads all of the MLB in ERA at a 1.73, 130 innings, 127 strikeouts, a whip at 0.85. It's going up against Dylan Cease, Shane McClanahan. I guess if you want to throw Martin Perez in there too, you can, but mainly those two other guys. Do you uh-huh. think Justin Verlander deserves the Cy Young this year, and will he win it? I understand the case for Cease and McClanahan because the strikeout numbers are insane. But the pitch like this at 40 years old is unheard of. Like you said, he's top ERA, number two in whip and average against. And the even though I shouldn't like this guy because he's played for two teams that have terrorized the A's for years, I am a huge fan. And I absolutely want to see it. And I don't think he's going to get it, though. I think McClanahan will win it. It sucks. I think Verlander deserves it, but I think they're going to give it to McClanahan. I think Verlander's going to get it, and it's... Let me just say this. We think of this entire career that Justin Verlander's had. Crazy years. He won the MVP, Cy Young's, no-hitters. If you look at just ERA-wise, which I know is just one specific stat, but it's probably the biggest tell stat in baseball as far as pitchers go, this is his best year in ERA by 0.7. It's not even close. It's like he's been mm. amazing this year. He's doing it at 39, 40 years old, like Skyler was saying. I think once we get there, People are going to say, yeah, Justin Verlander is going to get this one because this might be his last chance to get one. Shane McClanahan is going to have a chance in the future. Same thing with Don Cease. So I got to go JV. Let's talk about Paul Goldschmidt and his Hall of Fame, perhaps, resume. He's been amazing with his two teams in his career so far. He's another guy who's in his 30s and having the best year of his career so far, even after all these crazy years in Arizona and all the stuff that he's done in St. Louis in his few years being there. His total stats or career stats right now, he's at 1,699 hits, so he'll probably get 1,700 tonight. 306 home runs, just over 1,000 RBI, 145 stolen bases, hitting 296 on his career, 918 OPS, and he's done that all in 5,749 at-bats. Do you think Paul Goldschmidt's going to be a Hall of Famer, Skyler? I say yes. He might need that MVP award this year because he got screwed out of a couple of them because he plays first base and it, it wasn't 
accepted back then as much. But even in those years, he was still a top three qualifier. I, I believe if he finishes in the top three this year, it'll be his third time. Um, and you said the stats, so I'll, I won't talk about that. But he's got a 56 war right now. He's going to pass Vlad Sr., Todd Helton, Joey Votto, who we all think of as slam dunk Hall of Famers. Uh, so if he, you know, barring injuries or anything crazy here, if he keeps the production, which he has been doing since he was 27, and he's, what, 34 now? Yeah, 34. It's a lock. Yeah. Goldie's got another, at least, I'd say, three good years in him. I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to be these, these type of years. There's him 330 and 30 to 45 home runs. Uh, but he's going to have three or four more all-star seasons and then probably play six total because just yeah. St. Louis somehow is a fountain of use because Vladdy, Albert, Wayno, not Vladdy, Yachty. Not, yeah, I don't know yeah. why I said Vladdy. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah it's, it's a fountain of use there. And, and so if he plays the 40, he's going to probably get to 2,500, 2,400 hits, maybe 500 home runs. Probably 1,500 RBIs. While hitting around 300. Yeah, and if you post that even down to 280, it's a surefire Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. There's there's no doubt. This guy is a perennial all-star. He's one of the best first basemen of our generation. So, Paulie Goldschmidt yeah. is going to be a Hall of Famer. I'd like to say I bought a Paul Goldschmidt shirt jersey at Chase Stadium when I was 11, I think, or 12. So, I was on the on the Goldie Hall of Fame case before everybody. You knew it. <laughs> yeah. Clap it up. Yes, sir. All righty. We're on to the most interesting segment that we might have ever done in our 100 episodes of shows. And this is Guess Who. We each picked out one NFL player, one NBA player, and one MLB player. We're going to try to guess who the other person is thinking of. I don't know how long this will stick around. Maybe it could stick around for a few episodes. You know, this could be yeah. fun. Or it could be terrible. We're going to be keeping track of how many questions it takes. And uh, we'll just hop right into it. All right. Let's gather. What's your first yes or no question for my NBA player? For your NBA player. Mm-hmm. Is he a guard? Let me pull up his reference. Oh. Kind of. Uh, okay. Kind of. Eastern Conference? No. Okay. So we got a Western Conference small forward um, ish. Is he in the Pacific Division? No. Is he in the Southwest Division? I had to pull up the divisions for basketball. That's that's the easiest way for me. Okay. That's your fourth question. Okay. Is it Luka Doncic? No, it is not Luka. That's that's your fifth question. Uh... Play for the Grizzlies? Played or play? Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm curious. Oh, I didn't hear what you said. Currently play. No. Uh, 
Pelicans? No. God damn. This is not the route. <laughs> uh I I just gotta get Rockets. Nope. Spurs. Yup. Here's question number ten coming up. Question number ten. Is it Devin Vassell? No, that's a good guess. I was thinking about doing him. Good guess. Is it Keldon Johnson? No, it's not. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, Is he under 25? No. Over 25. Um, wait, is, is it Doug McDermott? No, 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 no. <sighs> Who is left on this team? I'll give you a hint. He played yeah. shooting guard slash small forward. Josh Richardson? Boom. 14 questions. That was awful. It's <laughs> all good. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's I'm Josh sorry, Richardson, listeners. though. I was thinking about doing Devin Vassell, but I decided to go away from that. Decided to be a bastard instead. All right. All you right. ready? Yeah. Okay. Does he play in the Eastern Conference? Yes, sir. Yes, he does. Does he play in the Atlantic Division? Uh huh. Does he play in Canada? Nope. All right. So that was my third question. Yes, I I got you. I got you. Yeah. Let's see. Does he play for the 76ers? Nope. Does he play for any of the New York teams? Yes. So he's not a Celtic. That's pretty much what I ruled out mm-hmm. from there. Got to be the Knicks, right? Mm-hmm. Is it Jalen Brunson? No. So you have the questions down? How many I've said? Seven. Seven? Gotcha. Ooh. Is he a guard? Kind of. Eight. Kind of. Is it R.J. Barrett? Yeah. Nine. Nine. Let's go. Congratulations. There we go. That's one round one for me. Let's go. All right. On to NFL. Let me pull this up. All right, Skyler. All right. Does he play in the AFC? No, he does not. Are you kidding me? No. All <laughs> right. Um, NFC South? No. NFC East? No. NFC North? Yes. NFC North. All right. Is it an 
offensive skill player? Yes. It's a good question. Okay. Wide receiver? Nope. Is it Dalvin Cook? No. Is it Alexander Madison? Yeah. <laughs> How many was that? Eight. I'll take eight. it. I'll take it. That was good. That was a solid run. The Delvin Cook point, I think I started smirking <laughs> a little bit. So it's like, fuck, you got it. That was good, though. Let's go. All right. I'm ready for the NFL one. Here we go. Does he play in the a- AFC? Yes. Does he play for the Patriots? Nope. Ah, that's a shot in the dark. <laughs> Does he play in the AFC South? No. Three. In the North? Yes. Four. Is one of his team's primary colors orange? No. That was slick. <laughs> Is this an offensive player? Yes. Six. Offensive skill position? Yes. Seven. Is it George Pickens? Nope. Eight. Is it Deontay Johnson? Nope. Nine. Does he play for the Steelers? Yes. Ten. <laughs> so I already lost this round, but yeah. I still want to get I could it. Keep, I could keep or stop, uh, stop tracking. You're good. I don't know which direction he went here. Is it Mason Rudolph? Nope. Does he play quarterback? Mm-mm. Running back? Yes. Benny Snell? No. <laughs> Najee? Yeah, it's Najee. <laughs> okay, okay. It's Najee. I wanted right. to throw one like big guy in there, just like and just watch you dance around, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did that. For, I thought George Pickens was a shot. Yeah. Fuck. All right. All right. On to the MLB, the round that takes it all. We're tied 1 1. This is going to be crazy. This is going to be crazy. All right. Does this guy play in the American League? Nope. Is this guy a pitcher? Nope. From the USA? No. Okay. So we got a National League position player, not from America. Does he play in the East? No. I'm off to it's a good start. Not a good start? I'm off to a good start. Oh. Because you really haven't narrowed down anything yet. Oh, damn. Um,. An infielder? Yes. It's question five. Yadier Molina. No. I want I wanted the kill right there. <laughs> Man. The central division? Nope. Okay. Man. This is uh this is getting down to the wire here. 
This is gonna be question eight, the next question that you ask. Oh man. Plays for the Padres? Nope. Uh, fuck, man. Uh, an infielder not from the United States. Huh. Is it Wilmer Flores? It is not Wilmer Flores. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Uh, what other teams are in that division? Dodgers. Um, they have all white guys. Uh, sorry for the uhs, listeners. This is my way of uh, the thinking. It's the thinking word. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to ask a question that like. Because if it is the guy I'm thinking of, mm. then it's obvious, and I just wasted a question. Yeah. So I'm just going to say it. Cattell Marte. Nope. Uh, is it a catcher? Nope. Wow. I... I really just wasted a lot of questions there. This is gonna be question number twelve. Okay. Um, play for the Rockies? No. Uh, Dodgers. Yep. Why did I ignore them? Uh, I think there's only one player that fits this description now. Infielder, internationally born, that plays for the Dodgers. This is not a question. I just... That I... He has high contact one side. <laughs> what kind of question? That's a question. No, no I, I'm just, I'm saying it out loud. Is it Hanser Alberto? Yes, it is. Hanser. <laughs> oh, 14, 14. Oh man. All right. I so think I, I have need, a shot. <laughs> I need to get under 14 to win. I yes. go over 14. I lose. Skylar takes a victory. In episode 100. Go ahead, sir. American League. Yes. Central. Yes. Um... Pitcher. Mm-hmm. Relief pitcher. No. Hmm. 
So it's pitcher in the American League Central. That's a starting pitcher. Does he throw righty? Yes. That was pretty, I don't know, that was a pretty obvious one. Does he play for the Twins? No. Six. That was the sixth question, so this is the seventh now. Guardians? Yes. So that was the seventh question, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Is it Cal Quantrill? No. Ooh. Tristan McKenzie? No. Nine. Zach Plesak? The first pitcher in the major leagues to throw an immaculate inning in the immaculate sports era. Exactly. Let's go. Kyle takes the dub. Let's go. That's a fitting one. Good job, mm-hmm. Skyler. You get, you get brownie you, points you. for that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had to shout it out for the hundredth episode. You know, we might have to do this next week. This is pretty fun, honestly. Yeah. Let's see. So Alberto. This is so you had R.J. Barrett, Najee, and Zach Plesak, mm-hmm. and Josh Richardson, Alexander Madison, and Hanser Alberto. So I went a little bit more yeah. deeper. Um, I was trying to be if nice. If you want to go deeper next episode, you can do that too. Okay. All right. All right. So that's going to do it for that <laughs> segment. Let's go ahead and get to our layups and bold predictions, and let's get on out of here. Let's do it. Where we had some bad week last week. I'll tell you that. Uh, I picked the Strohs over Cleveland on Thursday. That did happen, and that was the only bet that cashed throughout the whole week. Skyler picked the Mariners over the Angels on Friday. That did not hit, unfortunately. This week, I am taking Houston over Texas on Thursday. That's Framber Valdez versus Cole Reagans. I'm taking Houston all day. I will be taking the Baltimore Ravens minus three and a half against the Tennessee Titans. The Ravens haven't lost a preseason game in our in lifetime. Years. <laughs> years. I, what is it? 20 something in a row? Something like that. It's been a while. Yeah. I know that. Um, so that seems like a safe bet. Yeah. Bold predictions. Last week, I, I thought the Mets and the Braves were playing four. I didn't realize it was a five game. I said the Mets and Braves would split series 2-2. That was um, impossible. So I guess it was a yes. very bold prediction of me. Uh, and it obviously did not happen. Skeller said Astros three out of four at Cleveland. That did not happen. Cleveland played pretty good. And I think they got a series split there, right? Yes, sir. This week, I'm going with the Chiefs over the Bears on Saturday. Right now, the Bears are three-and-a-half-point favorites. That's the biggest, widest spread that there is in all of preseason. It's tied with that Baltimore game and then, I believe, one other. But why? Why? Like, the Chiefs' scheme is so much better than than the Bears. The Bears are going to be a mess. Second streamer, second teamers for the bears are going to be worse than second teamers for the chiefs right you would think so so i'm going with the chiefs over chicago on saturday all right uh i'm taking uh the old dodger sweep over kansas city three games uh you know i've been riding the uh the team that i picked to have this the best second half and they've been delivering so far uh the amazingly bold prediction of a great second half from the Dodgers. Uh, yeah. So we're sticking with it. <laughs> All right. 
That's going to do it for episode 100, 100. of the Immaculate Sports Going the Distance podcast. It was fun. First 100 episodes were fun. We talked about a lot of sports. We made it through two NFL seasons. We're getting ready for our third right now. What a time, you know? Pretty wild. Be nice to get uh, some of the other guys back up on here at some point, but it's true. You ready for episode 101? I'm ready for 200, man. I'm thinking about episode 104 before we get to yeah. 200. I'll tell you that. But uh, two years of Immaculate Sports coming up soon. So stay on the lookout for that. And thank you to everybody who has listened to the seven uh, people. We love you. The first 100 episodes, any part of them. Thank you for that. Yeah. And uh, to the next 100. And 100 and 100 and 100. And 1,000. We'll see you guys next week. Go training camp. Go training camp, man, and go preseason. Stay healthy. Yeah.